Ah, mmm. The first taste of rare bourbon you finally got your hands on. That's nice. At Caskers.com, we make this experience easy. Caskers is a one-stop spirit curator with an impressive selection of exclusive sought-after rare and household names in the realm of premium spirits and champagne. Discover the top flavors of the year now by going to Caskers.com and using code WELCOME10 for $10 off your first purchase. Get $10 off your first purchase with code WELCOME10 at Caskers.com. Ah, mmm. The first taste of rare bourbon you finally got your hands on. That's nice. At Caskers.com, we make this experience easy. Caskers is a one-stop spirit curator with an impressive selection of exclusive sought-after rare and household names in the realm of premium spirits and champagne. Discover the top flavors of the year now by going to Caskers.com and using code WELCOME10 for $10 off your first purchase. Get $10 off your first purchase with code WELCOME10 at Caskers.com. Rush Limbaugh shared his comedy for years. Now you'll hear it here. It's the Rob Carson Show. All right, guys. Hour number two of the uh, Rob Carson Show. Coming up uh, at the bottom of the hour, we're going to be talking to uh, gentleman uh, Stephen uh, Sund, former chief of the United States Capitol Police. He has an exhaustive book with regard to January the 6th. Today is the second anniversary of Ashley Babbitt's murder. I didn't know if you knew that. So there is uh, there is that, and uh, you know January the sixth, like so many things, the last couple of years, any debate about what could have happened on January the sixth has been declared disinformation or misinformation by the federal government, the same government that said Hunter Biden's laptop was disinformation, the same government that has covered up where COVID came from, the same government uh, that has uh, lied to you about CRT, the same government who has lied to you about uh, radical transgenderism and sexual of children in schools. Uh, I can go on and on about all the things that the federal government literally working with big social media and the mainstream media have told you you cannot disagree with the government on, and January 6th is one of them. So do you think maybe it was a setup like I did on January the 7th, overplayed by the media? Literally, uh, the day after January the 7th, people, uh, conservatives, self-flagellating themselves, even though they opened the building two hours later. I'm not saying it was not, uh, you know, it, it was not unseemly. It was not uh, something, it sh- it's something that should not have happened. Then there was uncalled for violence there, but I doubt very seriously any of it was committed by Trump supporters. You know why? Because Trump supporters never commit acts of violence at mass rallies. They never do. They always leave it cleaner than when they got there. So anyway, that's uh, side that. We'll get to that at the bottom of the hour. Right now, we're talking about the new vote. Right now, it's McCarthy 156, Jeffries 151, others 6. So nine flips to Kevin McCarthy so far. So apparently, some of these Taliban 20 have decided that maybe Kevin McCarthy and maybe the establishment GOP is going to listen to the American people and require things of the Speaker of the House, that up to now, both parties have completely, completely ignored, including massive spending, among other things. Here is, uh, here is uh, Matt Gates from yesterday talking about Kevin McCarthy's two options since uh, there is historic opposition to him. And I think this ends one of two ways, Trace. Either Kevin bows out, realizing there's no path for him to become Speaker of the House, even if he picks up one or two or three or five of the 20 who have opposed him half a dozen times on the floor, or he essentially has to wake up, 
bring the House into session and put on a straitjacket with a rules package that we've presented to him that doesn't allow a lot of discretion for the Speaker of the House. No, you've got to listen to the people. The reason we've demanded that is that we do not trust Kevin McCarthy, and it's not a small body of work. The guy's been in leadership in Washington, D.C. for 14 years, and this town needs to change, and we're going to change it one way or the other, either by changing out the Speaker or by having the most fundamental rewrite of the rules in really uh, my lifetime 100 percent and it sounds like there is some movement in that direction a little bit more from uh, matt gates who i'm becoming a big bigger fan of every day by the way well i'm not voting for kevin mccarthy but there are some of the 20 who i suspect might if we got control of the rules committee and the appropriations committee in the hands of folks that don't vote for bad rules and bad appropriations bills oh there is that we could do that for a change remember before this last omnibus kevin mccarthy was paving the way for some of the worst legislation driving our country deeper into debt and everybody knew it on the american people did by the way that's why they don't support him and borrowing against the futures of the next generation and so if we got control of those key committees in the hands of conservatives i think there are some of the 20 who might vote for kevin mccarthy uh if things stand as they are i would suspect that the opposition will only grow all right there you go so it looks like uh, there was some uh, maybe deal making and maybe capitulation much needed by Kevin McCarthy. Seb Gorka is uh, is awesome. I love me some Seb Gorka. This guy, I mean, you can just read a toothpaste label and you'd be like, yep, that's gospel. 100%. Oh, God. Yep. If Seb Gorka said it, then by God, we're going to do it. Uh, here he is talking to, uh, um, I believe he was talking to, is it uh, Bannon? Yeah. Uh, Seb Gorka talking about everybody getting all butt hurt because it's taken a couple of days to approve Kevin McCarthy or find another speaker. Uh, I think my Newsmax colleagues were shocked yesterday when I told them, this is what parliamentary republicanism looks like. I wasn't shocked because I've uh, said from the get-go, this is what we had to do. I, yes. Enough with yes. the stinking behind closed doors deals and in conference. I couldn't give a damn about your conference. Yes. You, you, you can't wait two days after 40 years of the GOP screwing us. You can't. Uh, what have I said? I'll wait two days. I mean, I had a caller on my show today said, well, you know, the, the Republican voters have been Charlie Brown for 40 years <laughs> and, and, and the rhinos have <laughs> been Lucy taking away the football. Well, now it's our turn. You can wait two days. You can wait two weeks. And and um, I had Dave Bratt on, on my show just a few moments ago, and he made this point as a former congressman, and I know he, he's a regular on your show. you got to understand... The speaker is an emperor. It's just like you said. Yes. He gets to decide what legislation comes to the floor. He gets to apportion the committee seat. So hang on a second. This isn't this excuse I keep hearing. Oh, well, the Freedom Caucus 20 can just block any legislation they don't like. No, not if the king is Kevin McCarthy. So Yeah, yeah, the Freedom 20, which is now the uh, the mainstream media calling them the Taliban 20, which makes me want to side with them. Not because they're, you know, affiliated with the Taliban, but because uh, the people in power considered them to be uh, terrorists. Uh, terrorists. Yeah, really. No. Reliable source says President Trump would do it. Now, that's from Mar-a-Lago. Now, that is uh, Sebastian Gorka talking about if Donald Trump were called to be Speaker of the House, would he do it? And apparently, because uh, Sebastian Gorka used to be a part of his administration, has close ties with the uh, with uh, the former president, he says, hell yeah, he'd do it. About two hours ago, uh, I tweeted this in response that I think is 
is is rather fun. How about President Trump comes to D.C. tomorrow Ooh. to broker the deal for Speaker or become the Speaker on January the sixth? Wow. Uh, peaceful wow. and patriotic <laughs> hashtag. <laughs> That would be kind of fun, wouldn't it? But it uh, didn't happen today. I was hoping it would. Uh, a little bit more. One more uh, soundbite from uh, Seb Gorka about why you know how American, how the American people, how about the voters, not not the the people in uh, in uh, rooms in, in offices in Washington D.C. But how about the American people? What do the American people think about Kevin McCarthy? 80% want Kevin and 20% don't, or 90 and 10. But it doesn't matter. That's now, that's what they, in, in uh, the, uh, the uh, uh, halls of Congress, 80% want McCarthy, 20% or 90, 10 or whatever, they don't. All right, so 90% want him in Washington, D.C. What about the voters? Irrelevant, because if you look at Republican voters, Steve, 80% of Republican voters don't want Kevin McCarthy. So the conference is not how we measure America, Steve. Yeah, and and, you know, the more that I hear uh, opposition, the more I be... That was a slip. Uh, The more that I hear from uh, places like MSNBC who say that they're embarrassed for the Republican Party, the more I realize that uh, the Taliban 20, as they're called, are doing the right things. This is Nicole Wallace with a special guest, uh, what is her name here, uh, some uh, gay, her last Mara Gay, Mara Gay, talking about, no, I'm not making fun of her name. Anyway, Mara Gay, talking about uh, what's going on. I'll, I'll just uh, kind of chime in here, because it is hilarious, all the places they go here. We don't know what Matt Gates is up to. On the side of your screen, he did seem to make an effort for the third day that I've noticed to talk to Congresswoman Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez again. Um, Margay, this is, um, again, a a tragedy for American democracy. How, how, how is it? If MSNBC considers uh, the opposition to Kevin McCarthy to be a tragedy, then I embrace that tragedy. I think the only people enjoying this are probably newscasters attached to Kremlin state media. Oh, there you go. So (laughs) she's saying that people like you and me, uh, it's all about Russia collusion, I guess, right? (laughs) This is spectacular. Right. Um, But you might know the answer to that. But, um, But I think that it is clear that when we talk about you know, um, Fox's influence over over the, the right, it, it is clear oh that it is on steroids. I mean, Tucker Carlson has been waging a campaign against Kevin McCarthy for years on the airwaves, not secretly. Um, and these folks voting against uh, Kevin McCarthy, there's no, there are other things to ask for other than kidneys and lungs. <laughs> okay, now this is going to get real good. Listen, listen carefully. Remarkable, and it's very dark. You know, one of the things I've been thinking about watching this is Mara Gay of the New York Times. Ordeal unfold is Fox News's um, impact not only on the Republican Party but actually also on Republican voters. I mean, what must the voters who sent these individuals to Washington think of our government? Right. If this is who they they sent, I mean, the, you know, when you talk to some of these individuals, you get a sense that, you know, well, politicians are all crooks anyway, and the government's a joke anyway, or you know what, let's burn it to the ground, and really, you know, that's what these people were sent to do. Um, or to she's talking about the Taliban twenty, yeah. Make a mockery of it. I mean, the other element here you touched upon a couple minutes ago, which is just that some of these individuals were people who uh, were really only elected based on a litmus test to stop the tide of diversity in the country. Uh-oh, here's where she calls it racism, to uh, to not vote for Kevin McCarthy. This is spe- 
spectacular. This is like uh, all sorts of mental gymnastics that you can't even imagine. You might even get a cramp just thinking about the mental gymnastics it takes to arrive here. The browning of America, the fears that surround that. And so they were... Okay, hold on. Let's hear that again because the, the, the Taliban 20, as they're calling them, here's the reason why they were sent to D.C. ...to stop the tide of diversity in the country, the browning of America, the wow. fears that surround that. And so they were not elected to go do the work of government. And you're seeing that now. It's terrifying. It would be funny if it weren't for the fact that uh, we have real problems in this country that, that demand uh, problem solvers. And, yeah, and they've never been solved. They've never been solved. All of the problems that have afflicted the country when Joe Biden was elected for the first time in 1973 exist and have only gotten worse. All of the problems that existed with regard to race and division in this country before Barack Obama was elected twice have gotten worse. Have you seen America's inner cities? Have you seen the amount of crime and abortion in fatherless homes? What did Barack Obama do about that? Yeah, not a damn thing, did he? Let's go to Christopher in uh, Catonsville, Maryland. Christopher, you got about 60 seconds. Go right ahead. Okay, well, they're asking about the voters. This particular voter would like that rules committee in the House to change the rules so that come election certification time, they only certify votes that were cast and tallied on election day. Okay, I'm I'm down with that too. Good, that, that would be uh, that would be very nice, very nice to do something like that with regard to uh, national elections. Make sure that's that it right. is election day, that's with right. few exceptions, oh, yes. and the voters. votes have to be counted that day. I like that, Christopher. It's that's a good what idea. That's what the, that's what the voters want. Call to appreciate it. Anyway. All right, I'm sorry, I lost you there for a second. Finish your thought there, Christopher. Oh yeah, that's what I want. Uh, this rules committee they're talking about. They need to change the rules, you know, for the American people, so that they are only. Certifying votes and ballots cast on that day. One hundred percent. Would that be Would that be nice? Would it be nice to see that happen? It would be nice. Thanks for the phone call, dude. I appreciate it. I've got some more audio I want to share with you in just a second, uh, including, um, oh, oh, Byron Donalds. He was the first, he was a nominee. He's a, he's a black conservative. He was nominated yesterday in America, or at least some people say that he's a prop, either Republican Party. It's never that, uh, you know, he's in a position of authority, that uh, things have changed in the world with regard to uh, uh, color perception and, and the, uh, the ability for uh, people of color to achieve great things. It's because he's a prop. We'll share that coming up. It's the Rob Carson Show. The left has been trying to get you to hate America for 50 years. And we're fighting it, and we're fighting it hard. Guess what? It ain't working. It's the Rob Carson Show. I think that what is happening right now, and has happened all week, in the election of a Speaker of the House... An unprecedented event. It took 100 years for this to happen. I think it needs to happen every dang year. I think every year this should happen because we get to see it. We get to see what they subject us to. We get to see them decide who's going to represent us the next few years. Not just rubber stamp somebody who is an establishment. Think about when, when Kevin McCarthy's been in office, what, 14 years? Think about what has happened in those 14 years. 2008, right? Who became president in 2008? Mm-hmm. And what has been done to stop the leftward lurch of America since then? What has happened to our federal debt since then? Kevin McCarthy's been in Washington, D.C. since then. Mitch McConnell has been there even uh, longer. 
Yeah, there is that. I got to play this again from this uh, this uh, this dipwad. Uh, <laughs> so spectacular. This uh, gay. What's her Marsha Mara Mara Gay on MSNBC. She's saying that the uh, twenty people who are voting against Kevin McCarthy, or at least now it's fourteen, have voted for him. Uh, they are all. The reason being is because we sent them there because they're racist. That some of these individuals were people who uh, were really only elected based on a litmus test to stop. The tide of diversity in the country, the browning of America. But, but isn't one of those people Byron Donald? But the fears that surround that. He's, a, he's a, a black guy. And so they were not elected to go do the work of government. And, yeah. you're... and so uh, this is kind of funny because uh, uh, Cori Bush, Cori Bush is this uh, moron from St. Louis. And the reason why she got elected is because she went to the McCluskey's neighborhood and broke down a gate with Black Lives Matter. Uh, and they were going to terrorize the neighborhood uh, where the McCluskey's lived. And the McCluskey's, this couple went out on their front lawn with their guns and said, get the hell out of our neighborhood. We won't have you burn it down like you have so many neighborhoods. And, uh, and she became a folk hero for being an idiot. And she got voted in uh, St. Louis. And St. Louis is, I mean, I, I, I listen, I spent a lot of time in St. Louis. Uh, yeah. Uh, I think that the, the good voters of St. Louis, like conservative voters, should sue St. Louis uh, for reparations for the bad Democrat leadership of the last 50 years, as so many. Here is uh, Representative Dan Bishop uh, saying yesterday on the House floor that uh, Byron Donalds is not a prop is not a prop. Cory Bush called Byron Donalds, who was uh, nominated, voted, I think 20 people voted for him yesterday. Speaker of the House, a young man. He's an outstanding individual. He's a person of color. He's a true conservative. And uh, Cory Bush's response to him being nominated was that uh, Byron Donalds is a prop, which is the ultimate insult and the ultimate racial insult. It's the, it's the new thing. It's the new, uh, uh, you know, calling him, uh, uh, what, uh, Uncle Tom, right? It's a new Uncle Tom. But here is uh, Dan Bishop defending him. I sat within feet of Mr. Donalds as the tweet of another member-elect appeared on the screen. That member-elect wrote and sent out to America that Byron Donalds is a prop. I've spent a good bit of time with Mr. Donalds, especially lately. He ain't no prop. No, he's not a prop. Here he is yesterday, Byron Donalds, talking to Stu Varney about uh, being called a prop. Your Democrat colleague, sure. Corey Bush. I wouldn't say that's giving pri people props. It's just calling them a prop. Attacked you online in a tweet. She calls you a prop for <laughs> upholding white supremacy. I'd like you to take this opportunity to respond to that, sir. Well, I mean, first of all, I thought it was just blatantly outrageous. Um, first, you know, it, man, it, 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 that sucks, man. And to be honest with you, man, I'm sorry. I, I feel, you know, bad that she really put that out there because, you know, if you see a black man rising, I mean, let the man rise, even if you don't agree with them. Yep. Specifically to my policies, I would argue. It's not about race. It's about ideology. You that she should sit down and debate me one on one. And let's do oh, it. Oh, God, I would love to see that. Yes, dude, we could do it on your program. We could do it yeah. on CNN. It would be like a Mensa member versus a Densa member. Uh, let's go to Christopher. No, let's go to Sean in Live Oak. Sean, you got about 45 seconds. What's going on, bro? Oh, well, greetings from uh, West Libertadio. And uh, as far as Kevin McCarthy. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Lauren Borbert, uh, he sabotaged her re-election, and she should be backing him. 
Now, uh, I don't know if she voted for him this time. Uh, I'm not sure exactly what's going on, but Christopher, it looks like uh, right now, 213, 211, McCarthy Jeffries. 218 needed to confirm. 14 GOP holdouts have flipped. So uh, it sounds like he's kind of uh, listening to what the Taliban 20 are saying and offering some guarantees to the unfettered uh, direction lurch leftward that the Republican Party has uh, attempted or I should say assisted in presiding over the last couple of years. Uh, Thanks for the call, bro. Appreciate it. Let's take a break. Coming up, we're going to talk a little bit about January the 6th. Today is the anniversary of Ashley Babbitt's murder, among other things, Stephen son, former chief of uh, the United States Capitol Police, joins us to give us some inside details about what Nancy Pelosi didn't do on January the 6th. It's the Rob Carson Show. If the left tells you to quiet down, get louder. It's the Rob Carson Show. It is the Rob Carson Show. Today is the second anniversary of January the 6th, a day that will end, uh, that will uh, remain, or I should say live in infamy in our history, uh, regardless of how you feel about it, where you thought it come from, uh, what uh, drove it, uh, why it's been uh, any any talk about it, largely has been uh, called disinformation or misinformation. That's still in the air. But the man who was in charge of the Capitol Police on that day, United States Capitol Police Officer Stephen Sund, has written a book about it. It's called uh, Courage Under Fire Under Siege and Outnumbered 58 to 1 on January the 6th. And he joins us on the phone. Uh, Officer, welcome to the show. How are you today? I'm doing well, Rob. I appreciate you having me on. Um, Let me just first and a supporter of law enforcement. I have, uh, uh, through all of the thick and thin of everything that has happened in the last uh, uh, many years with regard to uh, uh, Black Lives Matter, defunding the police and whatnot, but I have a lot of questions I want to ask about uh, January the 6th. Um, the first and foremost that I would like to ask, and, and, and one that I tend to agree with, was were the Capitol Police hung out to dry by the people in power on January the 6th? Well, that's a very that's a very good question. Uh, what people need to realize is that Congress has oversight over the uh, the police department. Uh, they can they have uh, control over it with the Capitol Police Board. I attempted to get resources in advance of January sixth and was denied specifically by the House Sergeant Arms that works uh, for Speaker Pelosi uh, over the concern for optics. I think that leads back to you know Nancy Pelosi referring to federal agents and uh, National Guard as stormtroopers. Uh, and he didn't want to take a, a hit from his uh, uh, supervisor, which was Nancy Pelosi, if he was to approve me bringing them on, which I'm required. People need to realize I have a federal law put, implemented by Congress that prevents me from calling in federal resources in advance or even while I'm under attack like I was on January 6th without first going to a politically appointed Capitol Police Board and getting approval. Are you sure that this was all about optics, sir? Do you do you suppose this is all about optics, or do you suppose that they maybe have uh, been some powers that be that kind of wanted it to happen without necessarily completely overthrowing the, but just kind of wanted to uh, to make it bigger than it it could have been, provided that they actually had the you had the resources to prevent it from happening. You know, I've had uh, I've had a number of people talk to me about that aspect of it. You know, sad to say, almost everything on the Hill happens because of optics. I mean, look what's going on down there today. Uh, it's all it's all political theater. But you know, in the book, I kind of go into you know some of the things that I think were concerns. One, 
you know, three major concerns was the political structure that oversees the Capitol Police uh, Department. Two was the intelligence issues that we had. There was a significant intelligence out there that didn't get into the right people's hands that existed both with federal agencies, the Department of Defense, and also with my intelligence agency, uh, and then how the Department of Defense responded. Uh, those are the main reasons that, that I think happened. Now, my concern is, and I outlined this in the book, is there's a lot of people within Trump's own cabinet that thought he may try and invoke the Insurrection Act. And I believe that if they thought this intelligence existed, that it may have given, given him the ammunition he needed to invoke that. So did they water it down? Was it inexperienced? Was it biased? Uh, I don't know. But I, I, I put a couple of uh, ideas forward. Mm-hmm. Now, the book is called Courage Under Fire. And I think one of the things that people want to know, and I've wanted to know from the very beginning, is how could somebody, and at the very beginning, I saw a guy go up his little rock hammer and just knock out a little square of glass and reach in and open that door. And I've also seen that uh, that some doors were opened, all right? This is supposed to be a secure building. I would assume it'd be a whole hell of a lot harder to get into the FBI headquarters. It'd be a whole hell of a lot harder to get into the, uh, to the, the U.S. Mint. Why were people able to, even though, uh, how many people had guns, how were they able to get into the Capitol, supposedly overrun the Capitol without guns, and why wasn't that building secure? Yeah, a lot of, lot of things, in that, a, lot, a lot of stuff in that question. So anyway, one, about the weapons. We did have people in the crowd with weapons. We recovered weapons, uh, actually, that were left inside, that were, were um, inside the building, and off a number of people that were arrested. So were they I loaded guns? Were there loaded guns? How many? I I believe six right now. Um, It's all outlined in the book. Generally not enough Um, to overthrow a government. Continue your thought, please. But that wouldn't be everywhere. So anyway, you talk about an easy breach of the Capitol. From the time we got hit on the East Front, 12.53 p.m., till the time you saw uh, the um, uh, rioter put the riot shield through one of the windows was 80 minutes. That's not an easy breach. We were fighting. We had thousands of people fighting with my officers, estimated 10,000 people just on the West Front, 80 minutes before that happened. So I, I agree with you. There's a lot of us out there, even fellow police officers, that were surprised at the ease that some of these windows were breaking. Now, and I'll outline this in the book, you realize and you begin to see the architect of the Capitol face the same restrictions I faced, budget constraints because of the budget implemented by Congress that prevented him from replacing and fortifying what he calls a 200-year-old window that broke with the lightest of touch. And he said that in a testimony, and I referenced that in the, uh, the book. So I was surprised at that. It should have been hardened. Should it should be harder coming in. Uh, and I still don't think that's been completely fixed to this day. No, and, and it's ridiculous uh, to think otherwise. I was uh, reading Tom Fitton of Judicial Watch. Uh, uh, there was a, an incident briefing that said the purpose of the January 6th rally was described in part as being a protest to election integrity. Uh, this group had a significant potential to attract counter-protesters, similar to events November and December of 2020. Multiple acts of violence occurred in downtown Washington, D.C., uh, with people from uh, uh, Antifa, Black Lives Matter, Baltimore, there were apparently uh, uh, some reports of branches of those people coming in from Baltimore to disturb January the 6th to uh, to infiltrate the crowd. Uh, what do you know about that? What do you know about uh, uh, radical groups who have been known for violence like uh, Antifa infiltrating the crowd and ultimately infiltrating the Capitol? How many do you suppose there were involved in that? 
So my book goes all the way back to um, the, the riots of 2020, and I, I absolutely appreciate your support for law enforcement. And the name Courage Under Fire is because of all the ridicule law enforcement has gotten for how they, won handled the demonstrations back in 2020. But also a lot of the ridicule my officers got during the January 6th for the response. You had brought up before about uh, allegedly opening doors and, and, and gates and letting these people in and waving for them to come in. That couldn't be farther from the truth. Those have been um, dispelled, and I'm happy to address some of those because we have one picture where one of my uh, officers, a bunch of my officers were on a, uh, one of the walkways on the east front. A big crowd is coming up toward them, and it looks like an officer takes with his left hand, pushes a metal barrier out of the way, and then you see some people wave at the, at the crowd. Those metal barriers are 42 pounds. There's three barriers, if not more, lined up, all connected to each other. You can't physically, it's impossible for him to take it with his left hand and push it out of the way like that. They were yanked out of the way by protesters. And I'd called in 17 law enforcement agencies from um, around the area, 1,700 officers to help my officers retake the Capitol. We're on different radio channels. They're waving at the other police officers to come. We're, taking, we're, we're falling back to our next fallback position. We didn't have radio communication, so we're waving at them. These people all thought, oh, we're waving in protesters, opening doors for them. My officers were outnumbered. There's a picture of an officer standing next to a door that's open with people walking in. What they don't realize is that officer didn't leave his post. He's outnumbered. There's nothing he can do. He doesn't have the resources to physically block these people. All he can do is just stand back and just wait for more, for uh, reinforcements to come in. That's why it looks like he's just letting them in. Couldn't be farther from the truth. He didn't have the resources necessary, and, and his only thing is to try and de-escalate and self-preservation. I understand that. And let me ask you this. Uh, why? Uh, I want to know kind of why uh, why 14,000 hours of videotape is not being made available to people. Why can't we see what happened inside there? Why was the building, if there's so much substantial damage to the interior of the building, why were they able to open two hours later? What, why, so, why, can't, why can't we know? That's, you've got a good question. I'm going to try and answer as best I can because... When I resigned, when Speaker Pelosi went on the on national TV the very next day, now keep in mind, it was her sergeant arms that prevented me from bringing the National Guard in advance. Sure. It was her sergeant arms that prevented me for 71 minutes of getting the National Guard when we were under attack. And it was the Department of Defense that um, delayed them even another three and a half hours. But when we come up to... Um, 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 can you repeat your question? And I'm, I'm sorry. I just got well, I, I'm talking about why. What about all the uh, video footage inside? Why oh, yeah, can't yeah, we see it? Why can't we my see apologies. it? So, yeah. So I, she called for my resignation the very next day, which was January 7th. I submitted my resignation letter because I know Speaker Pelosi's, you know, powerful woman. She's like the Godfather of the Hill. Uh, yeah. I was going to be fired by the end of the day if I didn't resign. I resigned effective January 16th. The very next day, I got a call. I was out that day, so I didn't get a chance to see any of the investigations, any of the follow up. Uh, I can only suspect that they're going to say uh, it's restricted because of the legislative branch. They're they're not foyable uh, because of security reasons and not releasing it. I suspect that's probably, probably what they've done. Uh -huh. But clearly they were able to open the building two hours later. And generally when you hear people say that it was just like 9-11, I don't believe they were able to open the World Trade Center two hours later and complete business. Uh, so I, I think those comparisons are awful. I know that's not a part of your doing, sir. And I and I feel, uh, I feel badly for you because I don't believe this is the Capitol Police's fault. Not one little bit. Uh, and I used to kind of lean that way. I'll just be honest, Stephen, son. And, and by the way, the Courage Under Fire is the name of the uh, book. And you were the Capitol 
Capitol Police officer in charge there. Uh, what happened on January the 6th, what happened with the breach of the Capitol, I do not believe was malfeasance on the Capitol Police Department's uh, uh, on their part. I think that it was a, uh, if not an orchestrated setup for you to fail, then certainly there was an enormous lack of uh, lack of support, which endangered a lot of people uh, for the sake of optics. Um, but what you were, you, how do you feel though? You you were basically uh, set up. You had to go through this in the next day. What went through your mind as you submitted your resignation after knowing that it wasn't your fault that this happened? How did you feel uh, about that? So at the time, I was I was upset. I, I, I love being a police officer. I've been a police officer for 30 years. I was with the Washington, D.C. Police Department for 25 years. I developed a very good rapport with the men and women of the uh, Capitol Police, and we were moving things forward. Uh, I felt without knowledge and without justification, she came in, the speaker did, and, and demanded my resignation. If she had known what went on, maybe it would be different. But I don't need, you know, and I appreciate the consideration. It's my men and women that had to fight their butts off. That really, really upsets me. That didn't have to happen. Uh, they're the ones that deserve the apology from somebody, uh, and and I don't see that happening. What about um, you know? And I'll just be honest for people who are have a lot of questions about January the sixth. What about Ashley Babbitt? Why was there no real investigation uh, for the reasoning behind the shooting of Ashley Babbitt? No real consideration or questioning of the officer involved. So, so two things. One, to go back to your previous one, I do actually address when you talk about the 9-11 and Pearl Harbor um, comparisons to this uh, versus a, a walk in the park. I actually do address that in the book. That book is that involved, so I appreciate you saying that. So the Ashley Babbitt, this is the extent that I, I can say on that, because, again, I'm removed the very next day. Um, that, that, you know, any use of, of lethal force, any loss of life um, is, is a tragic, regardless of, you know, the, the victim, whoever it is, um, is, is tragic. Officers go through extensive training on when and when they cannot use lethal force. And when lethal force is used, uh, it's, it's investigated. So in Washington, D.C., when somebody is, is uh, shot and dies as a result of a, a shooting, unless it's a self-inflicted shooting, a suicide, it's declared a homicide. And the Washington, D.C. Police Department does the initial investigation uh, along with the Department of Justice. Uh, this one was investigated by the FBI, the uh, Metropolitan Police Department, which is the Washington, D.C. Police, and the uh, Department of Justice. It was deemed to be a justifiable use of force uh, on, on behalf of the officer within the guidelines uh, established. That's the extent I know of it, um, having been removed from my position the very next day. All right. I, I understand where you're coming from, officer. I do appreciate you coming on the show today. Um, and, and again, uh, you know, initially I'm like, I was pissed off at the Capitol Police. Uh, I was, mm -hmm. I, I, you know, but I'm going to tell you, I don't think it was, you know, I don't think you went in with the bidding of Nancy Pelosi in mind. You were there to protect people and she's the one who caused you to put yourselves in harm's way and be overwhelmed in the fashion that you were. So well, I want to feel that way now. Well, I, I, I listen there. I've got a lot of questions, my friend, and I think because you were not thoroughly involved in what happened immediately after January the 7th, that there are other people who should answer for them, but I do appreciate you taking the time to speak to me today. Uh, the book is called Courage Under Fire, Under Siege, outnumbered 58 to 1 on January the 6th. Stephen Sund, I wish you the very best, my friend. Are you going to continue with law enforcement? Are you, are you stepping out? Are you going to be book touring and then deciding what's going on? I will tell you this, uh, people that read this, there's a whole lot more in this book than what we just talked okay. about. There are answers, right. and you're going to be surprised. So I want to get into just helping uh, law enforcement that's gone through traumatic experiences, and that's kind of what I'm going to be doing for a little bit. I don't see myself putting on a badge again.
All right, very good, my friend. I uh, I will. We don't have time to cover it, obviously, in a 12-minute interview, but I appreciate your time. Let's take a break. You are listening to The Rob Carson Show. Ah, mmm. The first taste of rare bourbon you finally got your hands on. That's nice. At Caskers.com, we make this experience easy. Caskers is a one-stop spirit curator with an impressive selection of exclusive sought-after rare and household names in the realm of premium spirits and champagne. Discover the top flavors of the year now by going to caskers.com and using code WELCOME10 for $10 off your first purchase. Get $10 off your first purchase with code WELCOME10 at caskers.com. The SS Titanic is going down, and there's no room on the door for Democrats. It's the Rob Carson Show. I am uh, very grateful that Stephen's son came on the show today. And I know that many of you are very... Um, well, you know what happened on January the 6th. You have a good feeling. It was a setup. It was uh, it was a shakedown. It was a put-on. It was uh, meant to throw, sh- uh, throw uh, uh, you know, the the protests of against the malfeasance of the 2020 election uh, to uh, to get rid of any, uh, any uh, disagreement with the election integrity, et cetera. A million people showed up to see Donald Trump speak. Uh, people started leaving the rally or just going to the Capitol to wreck the place before Donald Trump even started talking, and many of those people not even affiliated with uh, Donald Trump's campaign. I would should say um, uh, nobody. We know this, that records show, and this is according to Tom Fitton of Judicial Watch, through uh, FOIA requests, that uh, U.S. Park Police expected a large portion of the attendees to march to the U.S. Capitol. The FBI was monitoring the January 6th demonstrations, including travel to the events by subjects of interest. So the police officer, Stephen Sund, had no idea this was going on. There's no idea this was going on. Three days before the attack, Chief Sun requested the assistance of the National Guard. The request was denied. The preparation for the joint session of Congress, Chief Sun directly directed uh, every available sworn officer to be on duty to protect the Capitol and all of its members and staff. But Nancy Pelosi gave them no help at all and then on January the 7th demanded that he resign. Isn't that convenient? But this is the way Democrats are. This is the way people in power are. You, you don't matter. You're cannon fodder to them. You are cannon fodder to them. January 6th FBI situation report sent to the Park Police, uh, 1028 a.m. on January the 6th. No civil disobedience reported this time in active crowds, which included 10,000-plus waiting in line to go through magnetometers to be on the ellipse during Trump's speech. I mentioned this. January 6th rally was described in part as be, uh, to being a protest to election, election integrity. The, uh, the group uh, had significant potential to attract counter-protesters similar to events in November and December of 2020, meaning BLM and Antifa. Multiple acts occurred in the downtown Washington, D.C. area during and after similar events of the same organizer. Antifa, Black Lives Matter, Baltimore branches, the Capitol Police received an email January the 5th with a subject line, BLM from Baltimore, that branches were already busing people in to disturb January the 6th. Order given to dress like MAGA to blend in the crowd. This is FOIA request stuff, kids. I'm not making this up. 
Orders given to dress like MAGA to blend in cause trouble, especially around cameras. At night, arson has been ordered. All uh, to be blamed on Trump supporters attending the police official notes. There are multiple replies to this comment that says BLM Antifa Antifa will wear MAGA hats backwards, wear camo, and attempt to blend in the MAGA crowd. Uh, January the 4th, 2021, Park Police, uh, daily operational snapshot notes. While the problem, uh, the probability of sporadic violent actions is likely to, if opposing groups are allowed to come into physical contact with each other at this time, we have no indication of any acts of violence being pre-planned by any specific individuals or groups. That means Trump supporters. That means people who had gone through the proper permit procedure to uh, attend the rally and to create the rally. All of this came from the outside. None of it was stopped. And Nancy Pelosi is the person who is accountable for all of that. So tired of being played. And and, and it's all going to come out, guys. Just Just trust me on this. I've been right 100% on all of this crap. It just takes common sense and research. Let's take a break. It's a Rob Carson show. Rush Limbaugh shared his comedy for years. Now you'll hear it here. It's the Rob Carson show. And by the grace of God, it is finally Friday, 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 Friday. Hope you had a good uh, week this weekend. I'm going to be driving to Iowa. Spend a little bit of time with the, uh, the Carson side of the family. And uh, it's not even Christmas. It's just, uh, let's just get together. What the hell? <laughs> you know, it's one of those things. you got divided family over here and here and here. And you know, sometimes you live in the same city. You can you can pull it off in one weekend. And, uh, and if you live with, live with families around the country, you got to kind of stagger it a little bit. But uh, I'm looking forward to uh, spending some time with the, uh, with the family um, and taking a break from uh, all of the stuff going on in the world. Um, by the way, if you'd like to uh, vote in our Newsmax poll, uh, who you want to run in uh, 2024? Uh, is it going to be Donald Trump? Is it going to be Ron DeSantis? Uh, who would you like Trump's running mate to be? Who would like the DeSantis running mate to be? We're, we're getting some great uh, data on this, and we will, of course, uh, release the survey results. Uh, but you need to vote in the meantime. The word is event. You need to text the word event to 39747. 39747. Let your voice be heard. And by the way, you might try to uh, just tune into Newsmax for news you can trust. I don't know if you know this, but there are a lot of other major, uh, you know, news operations that call themselves conservative, and you're kind of like, what the heck did Sean Hannity, I mean, that, that's, uh, that anchor that I'm just using as an example, why would all of a sudden that person just be down with the establishment? Why would uh, one of my favorite news anchors just completely call the election before the uh, voting is over in 2020, and then uh, not even question why five battleground states stopped counting the votes, and then restarted the next day with millions in favor exclusively for Joe Biden? What you know these little things, just these little things that you don't get from Newsmax from great people like Rob Schmidt and uh, Chris Salcedo and Jen Pellegrino and me, moi. Uh, event to uh, 39747. Event to 39747. No. All right. Oh, you know what I think we need? I think we need a little musical interlude about Kevin McCarthy. I think that'd be good. For Mr. Jim Gossett. Kevin. Yeah. Wake up, Kevin. Oh, I think he is. Your prospects, they are looking very bleak. We will see. 
We can't let this drag on for another week. Face it, Kevin, you are simply up a creek. <laughs> Kevin. Oh, hey. Listen, Kevin. You're perceived as moderate and meek. Your support of Donald Trump was very weak. Yeah, pretty much. That's why you keep on losing. Take a peek. <laughs> yeah. Kevin. Yes, 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 yes. Clueless Kevin. <laughs> Two or three, it seems to be your peak. You keep losing ground every time you speak. Maybe Donald Trump's the speaker they should see. Oh, that would be kind of cool. You are beautiful. Thank you very much. That is uh, Jim Gossett. Uh, and by the way, he, he has an appearance. He has a live performance in Atlanta a week from tomorrow. If you would like details on it, you want to get tickets, you're in the area, you want to drive in, whatever, it's a great show. He does uh, satire, he does some political stuff, not political stuff as well. Uh, go to NewsmakerLine.com, NewsmakerLine.com for all the details. Let's go to Barbara in Baltimore. I've been dying to talk to Barbara. It's been a hell of a week, Barbara. What's hey, on your mind today? I tell you what, I just love that song. That's better than the one I, I came up with, like, it ain't you, Kev. No, no, nothing. Well, we had, we had, he did, uh, he did Eric Clapton Tears for Kevin yesterday. Yeah, that's awesome. I tell you, you know, um, I called in, I was the, I was the last call on Hannity last night, and we got, because we go back so far, we started talking about Velma, and then it was Tavari, and the next thing I knew, I was off. It was like time to go, so I didn't even get a chance to let him know. Uh, that I wanted him to stop calling us pinheads. When he called those, those 20 people standing yeah. up right now have done more for this country, in my opinion, than has been done in a long, long time. And yeah. it really disappoints me to hear people who I really, really believe in, people who have been there to help me with, with my conservative switch from being a Democrat years ago, to hear all of a sudden Kevin McCarthy is like the best thing since apple pie, and he is not. Yeah. So I'm yeah. so glad. And the guest that you just had on, I'm actually on the side of the road. I had to pull over because I couldn't let you go away without talking to you today. Yes, yes, but yes. The uh, guest that you just had on, what his, his what he's talking about, what's in his book, that's one of the things that Kevin McCarthy is being held accountable for. He does not want those videos interviews and all of that testimony on the internet Tucker Carlson hit on it that was when I realized I started researching he's not uh, making a deal on that and he does not want an investigation into the collusion between the FBI and big tech on that 2020 election They, they just want to move on from that no, you know what? We can't. Barbara, Barbara, are you ready to move on from it? Are you ready no. to move on from January 6th? Are you ready to move on from uh, from uh, the election in 2020? Are you ready to move on from Hunter Biden's laptop? Are you ready to move on from Russia collusion hoax, all that? Hell no. You want payback, don't you? Not only payback, look at what they did to Carrie Lake. They stole that 2020 election and it emboldened them 
and, and Republicans, conservatives, whatever you call yourself, if you're a patriotic American and you want to save your country and you don't want to have your votes diluted with all these illegals coming over here, you would better wake up and smell the freaking coffee. These people will steal every election from now on because what happened with Carrie Lake out there, that, that was like in your face, here, rub it in it, and that's it. We don't care what you think. Well, Barbara, I said if, if what happened to Carrie Lake is allowed to happen, then it will. There is a, the election process in the United States of America is dead as we know it. Now, he, her her effort is not completely over. There still is an appeals process, but uh, if you look at what happened in Arizona with the uh, the uh, the Attorney General or, or the Secretary of State of the of the state literally um, not recusing herself from an election that she was in charge of, she was in charge of the last election was a debacle in Maricopa county among other places she did nothing to fix it she did not recuse herself she actually two of the board members on the maricopa county board of supervisors actually created a super PAC to run against uh carrie lake 60 percent of machines in maricopa county were not working the day that they expected republicans to vote i can go on and on if you're willing to say oh you know what it's really no big deal then uh, you are you are down with the cabal. And I'm going to also mention this, Barbie. There's one case where a judge only listened to two of the uh, the charges uh, uh, that Carrie Lake was bringing throughout the rest of them, paid lip service, by the way, to it. And everybody's saying, well, a judge ruled on it, so it's over. Okay, well, if you want to play that, then just say that the Supreme Court ruled on Roe v. Wade, end of discussion about abortion. How about that, Barbara? How about that? Yeah, they won't let that go, will they? No, they won't let it go. And a lot of these judges are just in the, you know, there's a lot of money being passed around. And people might as well just accept the fact that we've got a lot of corruption in this country. I mean, it's really pretty much out there in your face. If you you don't see it, that's just, you know, you just don't want to. Yeah. yeah. Who do you want to see? Who do you want to see a speaker? I mean, because all of us have had these little, uh, uh, you know, uh, we've all kind of thought. And I thought maybe, uh, uh, listen, Trump would be fantastic. I'd love to see Trump do it. Uh, It would cause such an up. It would cause it would be the only way that we know in U.S. history that all malfeasance, all corruption, all Everything that Washington, D.C. has become would be uh, shown the sunlight. If Donald Trump was in charge, Speaker of the House, you know that is what would happen. And he's the only person who could do that. What do you think? I think you're absolutely spot on. And I like this little thing floating around now, uh, Trump for 100 days. Yes. Uh, You know, I like the thought of it. But think about this, uh, Rob. What about, uh, what's his name? Byron Donald. Oh, yeah. All, all six foot two, 275 pounds of him, <laughs> standing up there toe to toe with that racist, anti Semitic, what's his name? Jamal Jeffries? Oh, yeah. Hakeem Jeffries. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Jeffries. Can you imagine what would happen in the House with, him, with, with, with Byron Donald, the speaker, and that little runt over there? Every time you see racist, you won't even hear racist anymore. And, uh, but Barbara, Barbara, uh, you know, you are a person of color. And, and uh, Corey, Corey Bush says that uh, Byron Donalds is just a token. How does that make you feel, Barbara? How about if I, how about if somebody called you the token black listener for uh, the Sean Hannity show or the Rob Carson show? Well, how would that make you feel personal? I, w- I want to know a perspective. What it feels like, despite all of your accomplishments, for some jackass to call you a token. Well... 
I have been called a token. And because I am... You've been called names because you're conservative. It rolls off my back because it doesn't mean anything to me. Yeah. And uh, But, you know, it's, it's a term that's thrown around, especially with black conservatives. And uh, that's one of the things that I've just, you know, for me, it, it, it nullifies everything. That's yep. your last argument is to call somebody a racist. That means you got nothing else. To Boom. Boom. You are exactly right. You are exactly argument, right. So you're just a dummy. But that would be an interesting matchup to see that for a bit. But, I, you know, Donald Trump would be and has been. You know that. I said this to you before, uh, that I thought he's the only one that could get in there and do it. Whether or not he wants to is another thing. Oh, I think he wants to. He, he apparently got a text, or at least somebody affiliated with Donald Trump uh, texted Seb Gorka last night and said, Oh, hell yeah, I'll do it. <laughs> wouldn't yeah. that be cool wouldn't you love to see it yeah, oh my lord care of it. and you know what you'll get them on track but at this point and i'll say this because i know other people probably want to talk to you before the weekend but i i could just say this um i think kevin mccarthy has been so weakened at this point he's toast i, have I don't know who can who can respect him at this point Even if he goes in if he if they drag him across the board and i hear all these people say oh it's 200 people who are voting for him no there aren't there are people who don't have the balls, excuse me, the cajones. They don't yeah. have the stones. Yeah. What about Chip Roy? I, I'm liking Chip Roy. You know, if Jim if Jim Jordan doesn't want to do it, I could see why Jim Jordan's more valuable on the Judiciary Committee, committee considering all of the investigations that have to happen. What about what about Chip Roy? I like I like the I hell out of Chip Roy. Roy. Yeah. I love Chip Roy. And you know what? He would hold them accountable. I tell you, that Texan, I like him a lot. Yeah. Yeah. And I could see him doing it. He'd whip him in the line. Let me ask you this, Barbara. This is completely unrelated. Because one of the uh, uh, amazing things that happened this week uh, was um, uh, it, uh, it, it, the result of an awful incident in a Monday night football game. And you got a young man who's uh, uh, he was on uh, um, uh, critical condition, and we understand uh, that DeMar Hamill this morning is responding to uh, the treatment. He is uh, conscious to some degree, and he his first question was, did we win on Monday? Yeah. What, are your what are your thoughts about the outpouring of prayer that brought us all together for DeMar Hamill this week? Because I think if we could take anything out of this week, I think that's the most positive thing. What happened? Yeah. I, I, I'm, I'm right there with you because this struck really home to me. You know, one of my sons played football all the way to the semi-pro level, and they take some hard hits. And uh, when that happened, I mean, it, I, it, I just cringed. You know, you cringe when you see something like that happen. But prayer and people have come together. So now when I see they all took a knee, but they were kneeling in prayer. That was a wonderful thing, a great thing to see on the football so field. Unfortunately, for the reason... But people are coming together. I'm so glad he's responding. And I'm, I'm now I'm curious. I, I told my kids, I said, hey, no more no more vaccines. Come on. I don't want nobody else to do more of that. Please don't give it to any of my grandkids. Don't do it. All right. Barbara, I got to run. I got to I gotta run. God bless you, my friend. God and uh, have, have a, a glorious week. with your family. All right. Let's take a break. It's the Rob Carson Show. Somebody call a plumber. It's time to drain the swamp. It's the Rob Carson Show. I um, just got to tell you that if I'm going to go with um, in descending order of people who I'd like to see speak of the House, um, first place would be Donald Trump. Second place would be um, Donald Trump. And third place would be uh, Donald Trump. I, I think it would be amazing. <laughs> is, is it going to happen? Uh, you know, 
Uh, doubtful. It is kind of funny, though, today, for some reason, on uh, MSNBC, on their graphic, <laughs> they took a vote for the uh, the speaker. They got Hakeem Jeffries, McCarthy, and they added Trump. They added Trump to it. Uh, right now, they're in the 13th round of voting. We're not going to spend the whole rest of the show on this, because honestly, yeah, we've kind of uh, talked about it and... Uh, you know, we've made our point, and, and I would suggest if you support Donald Trump, you call the Capitol switchboard and say, hey. But um, I think we're being heard for the very first time in 100 years minimum. That should be celebrated. It doesn't mean you're a terrorist for suggesting that they hold Kevin uh, McCarthy to account and not just uh, coronate him. doesn't make you a terrorist. doesn't make you a whatever. doesn't make you a racist. Dear God in heaven. Anytime those things are... Bandied about it means the other side has lost the agreement and or the argument, and they're just trying to shut you down. And we've had about enough of that crap, haven't we? I think so. I think so. Tweeting this morning, Buffalo Bills, Damar Hamlin FaceTimed into our team meeting today. This is so good. Yes. I don't know Damar Hamlin. I'm just so happy about this. I'm just so happy about this. FaceTimed into our team meeting today to talk to players and coaches. What he said to the team, in quotes, love you boys. Oh, my Lord. Oh, my Lord, what a a miracle. What a miracle. It really is, and something I think that uh, all of us, all of us can agree upon. How Washington State University campus cops broke the Idaho murders case open. You're thinking it was the FBI. Oh, no. no. There were FBI involved, but it looks like, it looks like, it's campus cops did. This is so cool. Yeah. Apparently, uh, Brian Kohlberger was uh, first tied to the Idaho murders two weeks after the slaying because of two Washington State University campus cops who located the suspect's 2015 white Honda Elantra. Uh, an, affidavit re- an affidavit released uh, uh, today revealed. Investigators in Moscow, Idaho, observed a white sedan speeding away from the crime scene on November 13th toward Pullman, Washington, another small college town about 10 miles from Moscow. On November 25th, Moscow police put out a call for law enforcement to be on the lookout for the car, and just a few days later, two campus cops came through. Probably because they're so good at uh, parking enforcement. I think that might have been a, you know, you don't want to mess with campus cops and parking enforcement. You miss a ticket, you're hosed. I mean, it would be worse than the FBI crawling up your rear end. Uh, Washington State University campus police officers Daniel Tiengo uh, conducted a search of the white Hyundai Elantra's registration at WSU and discovered wa- that one that was registered to Koberger. Later that day, WSU officer Curtis Wellman or Whitman uh, located the 2015 white Honda Elantra in the parking lot of Koberger's apartment complex. He ran the tags, which returned a match for Koberger, according to the affidavit, and that's when the uh, investigation blew wide open. They didn't have any clue, nothing like the campus cops. After a months-long investigation, Koberger was arrested, has been formally charged with the murders of Maddie Mogan. Uh, I won't pronounce the names. I don't want to mess them up. Uh, but uh, Kaylee, Zena, Ethan, he's being held on, uh, on uh, well, no bond. Moscow police officers visited the parking lot to obtain a license plate for the vehicle as it matched the description of a car they saw on footage the night of the uh, students were killed. Police reviewed the driver's license information a photograph, which showed that he was uh, he had bushy eyebrows, six feet tall. Koberger's physical con- uh, description is consistent with the description of the male seen inside of the residence on November the 13th when the killings uh, took place. So, 
There you go. That's pretty cool. I live right near uh, this university, and you, you see uh, university. Co- and I'll just mention, my brother was a university uh, police officer for his entire career at the University of Nebraska at Lincoln. And uh, you may think, oh, yeah, you camps cops are just, uh, you know, whatever, you know. Uh, no, they, they legit the police departments at universities across the country that do legit police work. And these guys went above and beyond the, uh, the call of duty. All right. So uh, coming up, um, the chair of the California Reparations Task Force says that black people are just owed a million dollars. Just owe, I mean, you pay it. Because, you know, even if you're homeless, drug addict, made some terrible mistakes in your life, the fact that you got, uh, you know, black blood coursing through your veins means you ought to be paid for it. Also, the breakdown of Biden's border crackdown. We'll get to that on the other side of this break. This, my friends, is The Rob Carson Show. LBJ. Now we have FJB. It's the Rob Carson Show. It is a Friday edition of the Rob Carson Show. If you get a chance to check out the podcast, it would be huge. Um, we're doing it, um, taking the entire show, and we divide it in two every day, two hour, uh, one hour segments, and uh, includes the guests and the comedy and all that. And it's on all your uh, usual digital uh, platforms. Um, just go to NewsmaxTV.com slash podcasts. If you'd like to see all the digital platforms, you do go to Apple Podcasts. Leave a five-star review. It would be greatly uh, appreciated. I, I, would, uh, I think you're going to enjoy it. If you like the show, you'll like the podcast. It's uh, more digestible. You can uh, listen to an hour of it when you're taking a walk or you're at the gym or whatever. Uh, so there you go. Or you're Joe Biden in the middle of the night trying to pee. You can probably listen to the entire show, just all of it. I mean, just, just standing there. So anyway, uh, NewsmaxTV.com <laughs> slash podcast. Let's go to uh, Alan in Dundalk, Maryland. Hello there, Alan. What's on your mind today, man? Well, Happy New Year. Happy you New too. Year. Um, you too, sir. Uh, I guess that's what they say these days. On July 14th, Bastille Day yeah. was occurred in France, which was a prelude to the French Revolution. Yeah. Now, here's the deal. I think we ought to declare January 6th. Bastille Day in the USA. Well, we do because, have a Bastille, don't we? Yes, we do. Yep. Because, unfortunately, <laughs> one of the things that happened was the monarchy at the time was holding political prisoners in the Bastille without yep. trial, without, without anything. And the Bastille was stormed to release them. Yeah. Now, well, I'm, not, I'm not suggesting that we should go after Washington, D.C., with pitchforks and sights. I don't believe that for a second. But I do believe that our political leaders do have an absolute obligation to enforce the Constitution and enforce the laws. And if these people are being held without trial, without humane conditions, they need to be released immediately. Yeah, Alan, and I'm also going to say those who are in charge of their uh, of their uh, uh, time in prison need to be uh, imprisoned themselves. Uh, all of the abuses that they have had to deal with with regard to uh, having uh, toiletries held from them, uh, potable water held from them, uh, being able to shower, being able to speak, being able to having to spend uh, days and days and weeks and weeks and months in solitary confinement. This is insane, and the fact that our media is not willing to even t- 
turn a camera toward it is so thoroughly disgusting. I want to see, I want to see a figurative storming of that Bastille. I want to see those cells emptied, and I want to see them replaced with the bastards who've done this to those people, to be quite honest. And I want to throw this also, Alan. I want to mention this. Right now, uh, we have the, the, uh, the FBI, they have arrested about 900 people associated with January the 6th. Many of the people were merely on the grounds outside of the Capitol. They used cell phone data to go after these people. In the meantime... In the United States of America, there are some pro-life groups who are literally having to hire their own investigators because the uh, FBI is merely paying lip service to going after those who have attacked 78 pro-life centers around the country, including one to the tune of a half a million dollars worth of damage in a... Uh, uh, in a fire arson attack, and the FBI has done absolutely nothing for this. So uh, let's hope that that uh, cleaning out of the Bastille will also mean the uh, disbanding of the Federal Bureau of Investigations, as it is known. Uh, we should keep on some members of that. We should rebrand the FBI as something else, and we should fire and arrest those who have abused their positions of authority. What do you think about that, well, personally, I do believe that the FBI needs a, uh, a thorough cleaning on the seventh floor, okay? Um, a thorough cleaning on the seventh floor, because the majority of FBI agents and the majority of FBI people that I personally know are really outstanding individuals. They're truly outstanding individuals. And they do carry out orders. The top floor is corrupt as hell. And how it's always been. Oh, yeah, I know. It's uh, been since its inception. All the way back to Edgar Hoover. No, no, before that. Before that, oh, when yeah. it was founded under Wilson, it was it was corrupt. And then and then even worse under Hoover. And then they did the church commission in the 1970s. They, considered, they continued it. And now here, you know, uh, 70, 50, 50, 60 years later, they're still doing the same crap. I, that's why I say it needs to be, they need to uh, uh, disperse the entire agency, keep on the agents who have done a good job, look at their uh, tenure there, and, and uh, create another mission for the organization. And the people who are in charge of it, all these years who have been committing these acts, they need to be indicted, tried, and convicted. In short, they need a new mission statement, yep. and they need to follow it. Yeah. If you're going to protect the American people, you can't protect them and prosecute them at the same time. Yeah, yeah. Well, I think uh, calling uh, this is our Bastille Day. <laughs> That's what I've you know I've said. To, you know so we, have, you we what, have a we have a right oh, yeah. now we do have a Louis the Sixteenth and a Marie Antoinette. Are mm, the Marie Antoinette actually? I think she just left off. Well, she's still in office. She's not, not the Speaker of the House anymore. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Alan, take care, boy. <laughs> That's just funny. That's just funny. So uh, uh, Joe Biden, Joe Obama, uh, he's going to go down to the border. Uh, and, and, you, and this is honestly, uh, it's a joke. The president is a joke. 
He has abused you. He has abused the country. He has flooded the country. He has caused uh, uh, countless misery, sex trafficking of children, uh, uh, children being sold into uh, not only sex trafficking, but uh, as drug mules. Uh, we've seen people murdered, uh, farmers and, and uh, ranch holders in, uh, in and around the border have uh, had bodies show up on their property, and and, uh, and it keep going, and 108,000 people died of drug Drug overdoses in the United States, 70% of because of fentanyl coming across the border. And that these SOBs, these uh, these people in charge, they say that they've been doing something about the border. And Joe Biden, he's going to, what are you going to do? He's going to, he's going to uh, bring down migration from Cuba. Haiti and Nicaragua by 90% includes uh, rapid expulsion to Mexico, but doesn't stop those flooding through gaps in the wall. This is lip service. And, and what this is about, this is about... Here you go. Listen to me real careful here. The next two years, Joe Biden's presidency is over. Joe Biden's march to the left, Joe Biden's, the, the class of 1968, their moist dream has been put on hold. And Joe Biden will not be the candidate in 2024. There's, it, it's nonsense to think so. Because, and I'm just going to be honest about it, dementia doesn't get better. Okay, that's it. Anybody who's known anybody with dementia, and if you want to debate me on dementia and Joe Biden, oh, please, God in heaven, bring it. Dementia doesn't get better. Two years from now, Joe Biden, right now he can't be the president. Right now he's not really the president of the United States. Really, you think so? Nah. And he won't be in 2024. So the next two years are going to be an effort to keep Joe Biden from being named the worst president in American history. And part of that is going to be to pay lip service to things like the border. And that's what they're going to do. Here is uh, Joe Biden after all of the abuse that has been suffered on the American people with regard to an open border, and everybody knows it open. Here is the president of the United States saying he's going to do something about it. I mean, but when it comes to immigration, it seems like it's a better issue, better issue for them than trying to solve it. Look, we need me. We need more resources to secure the border. Yeah, throw some more money at it. Doesn't he sound kind of drunk? Yet again, extreme Republicans have said no. Many Republicans agree we should do something. Why don't you build the damn wall instead of sending, you know, billions of dollars to other countries to reinforce their walls, you fool? But it's time to stop listening to their inflammatory talk. It's time to look at their record. Honestly, uh, we are looking at the record. Your record is miserable. Here is the uh, uh, Alejandro Mayorkas, who is going to leave office soon, hopefully being impeached, and return to his job as a gargoyle. Uh, a gargoyle. I'm not sure which church he's on. Maybe the Church of Satan, but he is a gargoyle. Would you, Secretary, qualify what is happening on the border right now as a crisis? You know, uh, we, um, we have seen... The situation at the border. This man also did not defend uh, border agents on horseback from charges that they were whipping Haitian immigrants. He has never apologized for his abandonment of those officers, and he has never tried to make any amends. He is a toady. He is a liar. He is a Marxist. He is a tool of the state. He is not doing his job, and he needs to be impeached and removed from office, then pursued criminally. 
uh, managed in an orderly way. We have seen it in extraordinarily challenging circumstances as well. That you invited, that policy invited. You can rest assured, Poppy, that we're doing everything that we possibly can. That's a Poppy. Uh, she's a, an anchor on CNN. And there's also on MSNBC a woman named Caddy, Poppy and Caddy. To build a system that provides humanitarian relief in a safe and orderly yeah. No, we don't give a rat's behind about humanitarian relief. All we care about is shutting the border down, shutting it down. It exists to be a border. And I'm just going to go ahead and say it again. If you haven't heard this, here's what I would recommend. You tell Mexico, President of the United States says to Mexico, we're going to give you, I'll just say, we'll say till next Friday, to shut the border down. To shut down illegal immigration coming across the border. Or we cease trade and travel with Mexico until you do that. Then we are going to send special forces into Mexico to paint targets on uh, on drug lords' dens, drug lords' mansions, uh, people in power who support those drug lords, anyone associated with this war on the United States and the illegal drugs that are causing tens of thousands of deaths in America. We paint those targets, we send in drones or missiles, and we take them out. You seal the border. We do that, and then we can talk. Enough is enough is enough. Let's go to Michael in Milwaukee, baby. Milwaukee. How you doing there, Michael? Welcome to the show. Hey, how you doing, Bob? I love me uh, some Milwaukee, brother, except for in the winter. Yeah, exactly. Um, I'm actually driving right now. But um, what I wanted to say, I wanted to get your thoughts on something. Uh, a couple of... Uh, during the election, you said that the Democrats wanted uh, wanted people to get fed up and not vote because of all the, the boggles going on with the elections. Well, uh, what do you think is going on right now with, with uh, they can't even elect the Speaker of the House? I mean, I'm fed up, and I wonder if everybody else is fed up, you know? People are just going to get sick of listening to it. They don't want to hear it over and over and over. My, Michael, here's the thing, man. I want this, what's happening right now in Washington, D.C., where the literally they have to open up the House of Representatives so we can see how the uh, speaker is being elected. I hope that it happens every year. I think it's glorious, Michael. What's happening right now is glorious. We got to see this. We get to see this. We have a say in it. You can't just anoint somebody Speaker of the House. So, Michael, if I were you, I'd feel pretty damn optimistic about what's happened this week. It's the first time in 100 years, and you're seeing it, and it's not a bad thing. What do you think about that? I agree with that. I agree with that. But I, I just think that, you know, Democrats are making fun right now, and it's like they have good reason. I mean, this is just going on too long. No, I don't. Uh, no, I don't think I, I don't think it has gone too long, Michael. And and right now, you know, Democrats are saying this is embarrassing to the party and this is bad. And you know what? That's awesome because when they say things like this, it means they hate the fact that it's being shown to the public. They hate the fact that this has come. This moment of reckoning has come to the Republican Party. They're just terrified it's going to come to the Democrats, Michael. That's why they're making fun of it. Listen, bro, I gotta run. God bless you. God speed. Safe travels in and around New Milwaukee. Let's take a break. You're listening to The Rob Carson Show. Donald Trump says he's the funniest man on TV. Just wait till he hears him on the radio. It's The Rob Carson Show. Yeah, we're watching sausage being made this uh, this year. It, it's spectacular. 
Uh, unlike uh, when uh, when Bill Clinton was uh, president, there was some other sausage uh, being exposed, but nothing to do with this. I mean, nothing even close to. <laughs> Nothing even close to the kind of we're seeing the sausage made here is actually what we're seeing, uh, and I and I think it's wonderful, and I think that you need to embrace it, and I think anybody who says that what's happening right now with regard to the GOP uh, and this uh, public vote for Speaker of the House and not just rubber stamping, you should be thrilled about it. And people who are not thrilled about it, who hate it, who think that the Republican Party is embarrassing themselves, you just hate the fact that it's happening. Wouldn't you have liked to have seen the uh, the vote on Hakeem Jeffries? Wouldn't you have liked to have seen the speeches on Hakeem Jeffries? Hakeem Jeffries is an extreme leftist. He is an extreme left of center election denier. He still denies Donald Trump the 2016 election. So you should be reveling in this and reveling in the fact that the people have demanded and at least 20 representatives listened and said, yeah, we're just not going to rubber stamp this. It ain't going to be the same old. I'm really disappointed in uh, people like Sean Hannity and Derek Hunter and others who have just, oh, they don't want to be embarrassed. Oh, we're just, you know, we're making a spectacle of ourselves. You know what? Maybe it's time to be a spectacle. Maybe it's time to be a fly in the ointment, as it were. Let's go to uh, uh, Todd in Glen Burnie, Maryland. I believe he'll be the last caller of the day. Todd, welcome to the show, my brother. Happy New Year. Hey, happy New Year to you, Rob. Yeah. Hey, uh, I, ha- I have a couple points. I'll be quick. I agree with you 110%. This is fascinating to me, and I love it. I love it. It's just how it should be. My wife said, um, other countries are laughing at us. And I said, who cares? I don't care if other countries you are know what I'm enjoying? This- you know what I'm enjoying? How about, how about all the speeches that aren't just a bunch of jackweeds going through the motions, really bringing their passion to the table about what the American people want? How about that being broadcast instead of this lip service normally being paid? Uh, today we're talking about HP, whatever, whatever, whatever. No, yeah, though, this yeah. is people. These are people fighting for the, uh, the whether we get rid of uh, this nonsense status quo or we actually start doing the bidding of the American people. Go ahead. I'm sorry. That's right. That's right. No, and I just wanted to let you know, I heard uh, Barbara call in. I love Barbara. I listen. She calls in all the time. Um, just to let you and her know, Chip Roy did flip, and he voted for McCarthy. I just wanted did to he? let you know that. Well, you know what? I um, got you. I got you. There were 14 people who did flip. Yeah, he was one of them. Uh, to my knowledge, Andy Harris from Maryland, is, is the, lone, the lone congressman from Maryland, did not flip yet. Um, and then well, I Well, keep going. Final... Go ahead. I'm sorry. Go ahead. No, no, you finish. No, my, my final point was, as, as this is all going on this week, and they're all locked up in the chamber, and they're doing this, and you notice that the world hasn't come to an end? I know. They're not, they're not, <laughs> they're not yes. quote, unquote, getting something done, which yeah. means passing legislation to rule our lives even more than they already do. You are right. I said this at the beginning of the show. I said I said there's a couple. There's some positives and some negatives. The uh, positive is that Joe Biden's leftward lurch of the country has been uh, stopped. The negative is our uh, our ability to hold them accountable has been stopped. Uh, another a positive is they're not passing a bunch of damn legislation to spend our money that on crap that we don't need. So uh, you know it, you're exactly right, Todd. The world didn't end because Congress isn't cranking out crap every day. I, I love exactly. it. 
All right, man. Have a good weekend. All right, man. Um, that, that, that's really going to do it for the show today. I just want to say that uh, Demar Hamlin today—that's the big news. He's awake. He's no longer on a breathing tube. He's talking. Praise God. And I don't want to make it just about faith. I don't like to proselytize. But praise God and thank God. We came together at least on that. And it appears to be working. Let's take a break and come back. It's the Rob Carson Show. That's going to do it for the show, guys. I hope you feel as excited and energized as I do about what has happened in Washington this week and the coming year. Maybe we'll see some accountability. Have a glorious weekend. Watch my TV show, Rob Carson's What in the World on Newsmax. And until Monday, do not catch the stupid. I'll see you then. The first taste of rare bourbon you finally got your hands on. That's nice. At Caskers.com, we make this experience easy. Caskers is a one-stop spirit curator with an impressive selection of exclusive sought-after rare and household names in the realm of premium spirits and champagne. Discover the top flavors of the year now by going to Caskers.com and using code WELCOME10 for $10 off your first purchase. Get $10 off your first purchase with code WELCOME10 at Caskers.com.